Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. So glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today, we're going to begin with Day 131, May 10th, Nehemiah chapters 11 to 13, Renewed Nation Cleansed. Overview. With his time in Jerusalem nearly at an end, Nehemiah busies himself with the final duties of his mission. He oversees the redistribution of the people in the cities, one-tenth of the population in Jerusalem, and the rest in surrounding suburbs. A massive ceremony is held in which two processions of praising people march along the walls to dedicate them to God. Nine years after going back to Persia, Nehemiah again returns to his homeland. After his arrival, he hears disturbing news about the state of affairs and immediately takes action to correct abuses in the temple and deal with the stubborn problem of mixed marriages. Chapter 11, Resettling the People, New Homes. Chapter 12, Recognizing the People, Old Names. Chapter 13, Reforming the People, Old Problems. Insight, Whose King Is He? Nehemiah 13.6 in Ezra 4.7, Artaxerxes is clearly identified as the king of Persia. In Nehemiah 13.6, he is called the king of Babylon. A contradiction in scripture? Not at all. As king of the conquering empire of Persia, Artaxerxes was now king of the conquered empire as well. It was common for a ruler to acquire the title of a former sovereign just in case anyone forgot his military victory. Artaxerxes also reigned from the city of Babylon, which kept its old name under the new government. Insight. Prophetic Postscript. Nehemiah 13.30. Four centuries of prophetic silence followed the book of Nehemiah. No scripture was written during that time span. Malachi, a contemporary of Nehemiah, left a brief but powerful record of the temperament of the times. Nehemiah chapter 11, The People Occupied Jerusalem The leaders of the people were living in Jerusalem, the holy city. A tenth of the people from the other towns of Judah and Benjamin were chosen by sacred lots to live there, too, while the rest stayed where they were. And the people commended everyone who volunteered to resettle in Jerusalem. Here is a list of the names of the provincial officials who came to live in Jerusalem. Most of the people, priests, Levites, temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servants continued to live in their own homes in the various towns of Judah, but some of the people from Judah and Benjamin resettled in Jerusalem. From the tribe of Judah, Athiah, son of Uzziah, son of Zechariah, son of Amariah, son of Sepatiah son of Mahalel, of the family of Perez, also Messiah, son of Barak, 
son of Kol-Hoseh, son of Haziah, son of Adiah, son of Jorarim, son of Zechariah, of the family of Shelah. There were 468 descendants of Perez who lived in Jerusalem, all outstanding men, from the tribe of Benjamin, Salu, son of Meshalom, son of Joed, son of Pedaiah, son of Koliah, son of Messiah, son of Ithiel, son of Jeshiah. After him were Gabai and Salai, and a total of 928 relatives. Their chief officer was Joel, son of Zikri, who was assisted by Judah, son of Hasanua, second in command over the city. From the priests, Jediah, son of Joriam, Jakin, and Seriah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshalom, son of Zadok, son of Merioth, son of Ahitub, the supervisor of the temple of God. Also, 822 of their associates who worked at the temple. Also, Adiah, son of Joham, son of Palaliah, son of Amzai, son of Zechariah, son of Peshur, son of Malkajah, along with 242 of his associates who were heads of their families. Also, Amashai, son of Azarel, son of Azazai, son of Meshalamat, son of Immer, and 128 of his outstanding associates. Their chief officer was Zadiel, son of Hagadolim. From the Levites, Shemaiah, son of Hashab, son of Azarikam, son of Hashabiah, son of Bunai, also Shabbatai and Jezebad were in charge of the work outside the temple of God. Also, Mataniah, son of Micah, son of Zabdi, a descendant of Asaph, who led in thanksgiving and prayer. Also, Bakbukiah, who was Mataniah's assistant, and Abda, son of Shemua, son of Galal, son of Jedutum. In all, there were 284 Levites in the holy city. From the gatekeepers, Akub, Talman, and 172 of their associates who guarded the gates. The other priests, Levites, and the rest of the Israelites lived wherever their family inheritance was located in any of the towns of Judah. The temple servants, however, whose leaders were Ziha and Gishba, all lived on the hill of Ophel. The chief officer of the Levites in Jerusalem was Uzai, son of Banai, son of Hashbaiah, son of Mataniah, son of Micah, a descendant of Asaph, whose family served as singers at God's temple. Their daily responsibilities were carried out according to the terms of a royal command. Petahiah, son of Mezhezabel, a descendant of Zerah, son of Judah, was the royal advisor in all matters of public administration. As for the surrounding villages, with their open fields, some of the people of Judah lived in Kiriath Arba with its settlements, Daban with its settlements, and Jacobazil with its villages. They also lived in Jeshua, Moladah, Bet Peleh, Hazasuel, Beersheba, with its settlements, Ziklag, and Mekanah, with its settlements. They also lived in Enraman, Zora, Jamut, Zanoa, and Adalam, with their surrounding villages. They also lived in Lachish, 
with its nearby fields in Azekah, with its surrounding villages. So the people of Judah were living all the way from Beersheba in the south to the valley of Hinnom. Some of the people of Benjamin lived at Geba, Michmash, Aijah, and Bethel with its settlements. They also lived in Anathoth, Nob, Ananiah, Hazor, Ramah, Getayim, Hadid, Zeboim, Nebalah, Lod, Ono, and the Valley of Craftsmen. Some of the Levites who lived in Judah were sent to live with the tribe of Benjamin. Nehemiah chapter 12. A history of the priests and Levites. Here is the list of the priests and Levites who returned with Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, and Jeshua, the high priest. Sariah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Malak, Hattush, Sekaniah, Harim, Meramoth, Idol, Ginnathan, Abijah, Menanayim, Moadiah, Bilgah, Shemaiah, Jeorab, Jediah, Salu, Amak, Hilkiah, and Jediah. These were the leaders of the priests and their associates in the days of Jeshua. The Levites who returned with them were Jeshua, Biniu, Kadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, and Mataniah, who with his associates was in charge of the songs of thanksgiving. Their associates, Bakbukiah and Unai, stood opposite them during the service. Jeshua, the high priest, was the father of Joachim. Joachim was the father of Eliashib. Eliashib was the father of Jediah. Jediah was the father of Johanan. Johanan was the father of Jedua. Now, when Jehoiakim was high priest, the family leaders of the priests were as follows. Meriah was leader of the family of Sariah. Hananiah was the leader of the family of Jeremiah. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Ezra. Jehohanan was the leader of the family of Amariah. Jonathan was the leader of the family of Malak. Joseph was the leader of the family of Sekaniah. Adna was the leader of the family of Harim. Helkai was the leader of the family of Meramoth. Zechariah was the leader of the family of Iddo. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Ginnathan. Zikri was the leader of the family of Abijah. There was also a leader of the family of Minimum. Piltai was the leader of the family of Moadiah. Shamua was the leader of the family of Bilgah. Jehohanathan was the leader of the family of Shemaiah. Matanai was the leader of the family of Joriam. Uzai was the leader of the family of Jedediah. Kalai was the leader of the family of Shalu. Eber was the leader of the family of Amak. Hashabiah was the leader of the family of Hilkiah. Nathaniel was the leader of the family of Jedediah. A record of the Levite families was kept during the years when Eliashib, Jediah, Johanan, and Jadua served as high priest. Another record of the priest was kept during the reign of Darius the Persian. A record of the heads of the Levite families was kept in the book of history down to the days of Johanan, the grandson of Eliashib. These were the family leaders of the Levites. Hashabiah, Sherebiah, Jeshua, Binoi, 
Kadmiel, and other associates who stood opposite them during their ceremonies of praise and thanksgiving, one section responding to the other as commanded by David, the man of God. This included Mataniah, Vakbukiah, and Obadiah, Meshalom, Talman, and Akab were the gatekeepers in charge of the storerooms at the gates. These all served in the days of Joachim, son of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and in the days of Nehemiah, the governor, and of Ezra, the priest and scribe. Dedication of Jerusalem's Wall For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lairs. The singers were brought together from the region around Jerusalem and from the villages of the Natophanites. They also came from Beth Gilgal and the rural areas near Geba and Asmaphat, for the singers had built their own settlements around Jerusalem. The priests and Levites first purified themselves, then they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. I led the leaders of Judah to the top of the wall and organized two large choirs to give thanks. One of the choirs proceeded southward along the top of the wall to the Dung Gate. Hoshashiah and half of the leaders of Judah followed them along with Azariah, Ezra, Meshullam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah. Then came some priests who played trumpets, including Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, son of Mataniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zechor, a descendant of Asaph, and Zechariah's colleagues were Shemaiah, Azarel, Milalai, Gilalai, Mai, Nathaniel, Judah, and Hanani. They used the musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe led this procession. At the fountain gate, they went straight up the steps on the ascent of the city wall toward the city of David. They passed the house of David and then proceeded to the water gate on the east. The second choir giving thanks went northward around the other way to meet them. I followed them together with the other half of the people along the top of the wall, past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall, then past the Ephraim gate to the old city gate, past the fish gate and the tower of Hanael, and on to the tower of the hundred. Then we continued on to the sheep gate and stopped at the God gate. The two choirs that were giving thanks then proceeded to the temple of God where they took their places. So did I, together with the group of leaders who were with me. We went together with the trumpet-playing priest, Eliakim, Meseah, Minimum, Micaiah, Eloani, Zechariah, and Hananiah, and the singers, Masaiah, Shemaiah, Eliezer, Uzai, Jehohanan, Malkajah, Elam, and Ezer. They played and sang loudly under the direction of Jezreelhiah, the choir director. And many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day, for God had given the people cause for great joy. The women and children also participated in the celebration, and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away.
provisions for temple worship. On that day, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the offerings, the first part of the harvest, and the tithes. They were responsible to collect from the fields outside the towns the portions required by the law for the priests and Levites. For all the people of Judah took joy in the priests and Levites and their work. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification as commanded by David and his son Solomon, and so did the singers and the gatekeepers. The custom of having choir directors to lead the choirs and hymns of praise and thanksgiving to God began long ago in the days of David and Asaph. So now, in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel brought a daily supply of food for the singers, the gatekeepers, and the Levites. The Levites, in turn, gave a portion of what they received to the priests, the descendants of Aaron. Nehemiah chapter 13. Nehemiah's various reforms. On that same day, as the book of Moses was being read to the people, the passage was found that said, No Ammonite or Moabite should ever be permitted to enter the assembly of God. For they had not provided the Israelites with food and water in the wilderness. Instead, they hired Balaam to curse them, though our God turned the curse into a blessing. When this passage of the law was read, all those of foreign descent were immediately excluded from the assembly. Before this had happened, Eliashib, the priest who had been appointed as supervisor of the storerooms of the temple of our God, and who was also a relative of Tobiah, had converted a large storage room and placed it at Tobiah's disposal. The room had previously been used for storing the grain offerings, the frankincense, various articles for the temple, and the tithes of grain, new wine, and olive oil, which were prescribed for the Levites, the singers, and the gatekeepers, as well as the offering for the priest. I was not in Jerusalem at that time, for I had returned to King Artaxerxes of Babylon in the 32nd year of his reign, though I later asked his permission to return. When I arrived back in Jerusalem, I learned about Eliashib's evil deed in providing Tobiah with the room in the courtyards of the temple of God. I became very upset and threw all of Tobiah's belongings out of the room. Then I demanded that the rooms be purified, and I brought back the articles for God's temple, the grain offerings, and the frankincense. I also discovered that the Levites had not been given their prescribed portions of food, so they and the singers who were to conduct the worship services, had all returned to work their fields. I immediately confronted the leaders and demanded, Why has the temple of God been neglected? Then I called all the Levites back again and restored them to their proper duties. And once more, all the people of Judah began bringing their tithes of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the temple storerooms. I assigned supervisors for the storerooms. Shalemiah, the priest, Zadok, the scribe, and Pedaiah, one of the Levites, and I appointed Hanan, son of Zakur, and grandson of Mataniah, as their assistant. These men had an excellent reputation, and it was their job to make honest distributions to their fellow Levites. Remember this good deed, O oh my God, and do not forget all that I have faithfully done for the temple of my God and its services. In those days, I saw men of Judah treading out their wine press on the Sabbath. 
they will also bring it in grain, loading it on donkeys, and bringing in wine, grapes, figs, and all sorts of produce to Jerusalem to sell on the Sabbath. So I rebuked them for selling their produce on that day. Some men from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise. They were selling it on the Sabbath to the people of Judah and in Jerusalem at that. So I confronted the nobles of Judah. Why are you profaning the Sabbath in this evil way? I asked. Wasn't it just this sort of thing that your ancestors did that caused our God to bring all this trouble upon us in our city? Now you are bringing even more wrath upon Israel by permitting the Sabbath to be desecrated in this way. Then I commanded that the gates of Jerusalem should be shut as darkness fell every Friday evening, not to be open until the Sabbath ended. I sent some of my own servants to guard the gates so that no merchandise could be brought in on the Sabbath day. The merchants and tradesmen with the variety of wares camped outside Jerusalem once or twice. But I spoke sharply to them and said, What are you doing out here camping around the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. And that was the last time they came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and to guard the gates in order to preserve the holiness of the Sabbath. Remember this good deed also, O oh my God. Have compassion on me according to your great and unfailing love. About the same time I realized that some of the men of Judah had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Furthermore, half their children spoke the language of Ashdod or of some other people and could not speak the language of Judah at all. So I confronted them and called down curses on them. I beat some of them and pulled out their hair. I made them swear in the name of God that they would not let their children intermarry with the pagan people of the land. Wasn't this exactly what led King Solomon of Israel into sin? I demanded. There was no king from any nation who could compare to him, and God loved him and made him king over all Israel, for even he was led into sin by his foreign wives. How could you even think of committing this sinful deed and acting unfaithfully toward God by marrying foreign women? One of the sons of Jodiah, son of Eliashib, the high priest, had married a daughter of Sanballah, the Horonite. So I banished him from my presence. Remember them, O oh my God, for they have defiled the priesthood and the solemn vows of the priests and Levites. So I purged out everything foreign and assigned tasks to the priests and Levites, making certain that each knew his work. I also made sure that the supply of wood for the altar and the first portions of the harvest were brought at the proper times. Remember this in my favor, O oh my God, my daily walk. It is sad but true that those who do not learn from history are destined to repeat it. The closing chapters of Nehemiah provide a sobering warning and an opportunity to learn from the past. The people under Nehemiah had made several vows in chapter 10. They agreed to obey God's word, abstain from intermarriage with pagans, keep the Sabbath, and support temple worship. Less than a decade later, they had broken every promise. Today would be a great time to renew all promises and vows before the Lord. If you are married, 
Spend some time with your spouse reminding one another of the vows you made. Confess your areas of failure and praise your partner for his or her faithfulness. If you are single, reflect on your extra privilege to serve God with undivided attention. 1 Corinthians 7, 32-33 If you have made a promise to serve God faithfully, take some time to renew that promise today. If you've never done so, this would be a great time to start. Prayer becomes a flat and arduous business when we refuse to follow the lights and leads God has given us. That's great advice. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Keep up the good work, and God bless. And I will see you tomorrow. Lord willing, peace.